Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Chris Barsby is joining us now. Chris, I was just looking at those Melton fields for Saturday night this morning. Gee, some great horses going around there. And what do we make of the, the Gamalite free-for-all? I'm looking at the tab market. Copy, that's 280, 240 Bondi lockdown and Lock and Varats at 240. Is it question marks over a few of these? On all three, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, there's no doubt there's question marks on all three of those horses that you just touched on. Copy that disappointed last week. But Connections have put it down to the fact that he just hasn't had a great deal of racing. He's basically only had the two runs this year following that uh, nasty injury that he sustained at the end of last year. So they're expecting a lot more from him just with race fitness. Bondi lockdown is first up. So a little bit unknown there. He did have a recent trial at Melton. And Lockenvar Art, well, uh, who knows? David Moran is due back next week. Uh, the original trainer-driver of Lock and Varad. So uh, Lee Sutton takes the drive for the first time on Saturday night behind Lock and Varad. So it's a big opportunity for Lee. But uh, David Moran will be back. But it's so crucial, this race, with the Victoria Cup now only weeks away. These guys have got to perform. They've got to perform well to justify their spots in that field because it looks like it's going to be a, a very strong mm. Victoria Cup field. Emma Stewart's got some of her young firepower stepping out too, Chris. Treachery, I see, is $1.22 to win the TaylorMate Lombard with the fourth. Yeah, it's, it's a good meeting. I think the next uh, next couple of weeks down there in Victoria, it's going to be uh, great racing because we've got the Oaks coming up, the Derby's coming up, and these trotting features, they're just going to be outstanding. So... All eyes will certainly be on Victoria over the next month or so. A lot of eyes on New Zealand as well, Steve. Akuta's back in action on Sunday uh, over there in uh, in the South Island. He goes around the Hannon Memorial at Omaru, so can't wait to see him in action. He takes on the older rivals. He's only a three-year-old, but he's going up against the older rivals. And then uh, yesterday, at the trials yesterday, the All-Stars rolled out some of their real big guns in, in preparation for the New Zealand Cup. Spankin was able to wedge out self assured. So they're the two open class stars for that operation. And they were one, two in a trial. Stylish Memphis, the star mayor, was fourth in that trial. So uh, a lot of good horses up and about, uh, in particular in Victoria and also in, uh, in New Zealand. And before you know it, we're going to have that uh, big card of racing coming through from Sydney. Uh, all eyes are going to focus on that Breeders' Challenge series for the two-year-olds, three-year-olds and four-year-olds. And we've got the Len Smith Mile not too far away as well. So some great racing mm. coming up. Chris, we know all about the Tab Eureka. That's going to be huge on the 2nd of September, a slot-style race. And this is big news. And we're trying to get our head around it a little bit in WA where there's going to be a $4 million thoroughbred race next April. Harness racing, there's going to be a million-dollar race called the Nullarbor at Gloucester Park. So it'll be interesting to get Matty Young's thoughts on that when he does join us shortly. But Chris Frisbee is with us now, Chris. Chris, good morning. Morning. How are you going today? Really well. I've got to ask the most obvious question for you this morning, Chris. Are you now an adopted Queenslander? No, not really. Not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd like to be, but no. I've got to go home and do all my young and in the next, oh, next three weeks or so, yeah. Well, too much, too much work for easy. Okay, about so how long months. have you been up here on the Tweed? About six months. So, uh, April, I think I've come up. Yeah. So you're, you're a quasi-Queenslander in a way. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've been doing it for years. Someone said, geez, you, 
acclimatise and I'm putting a jacket on. I said, I, don't, I miss the winners at Bathurst the last five or six years. So, yeah, yeah. So how cold is it back home in Bathurst then? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not too bad at the moment. Ethy says it's, like, it's going to be a nice day. It's just, just starting to brighten up a bit there now. It's heaps of rain there today, so yeah. Okay. Yeah, anyway, okay. it's getting better. So back to your Queensland operation. How many yep. horses have you had at your busiest period up here, and how many have you got now? Uh, I had nine when I first came up, and I'm down to three. Okay. And they're all racing on Saturday night? Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Is there anyone else down there at the Tweed with you, or are you the last man standing? Uh, no, John Bazzario, but I think he's moved up here now. Okay, so he's made the right call? Yep, yeah, I think he, well, he, he says he hasn't, but I think he has. <laughs> so, he's been here since Christmas. Okay, okay, well, there you go. So, we'll talk about these three runners on Saturday night. Two of them are stepping out in that first race on Saturday night. The two mares, Artie Bella and Gendon Strike, and both mares, Chris, are absolutely flying. Yeah, they're both going good, aren't they? Jeez, I'm just couldn't be happier with both of either of them, you know what I mean? Like, um, Artie Bella raced one last week and went good, you know, done all the work and went, went, went her best time she's ever run, and then... Um, Jenna Strike, well, she's been going unbelievable. She just had to do too much work out there earlier last week. You know what I mean? He was out free wide and the horse didn't want the 1-1, so we had to sell it to take the 1-1, I suppose. And anyway, we'll let it know it was there. She must have thought it was there, but yeah. yeah. But anyway, well, Auntie Bella, through. yeah, too right. Auntie Bella's building up this terrific record where she's only a four-year-old and she's now won 11 races, earnings over 130000 and Jenna Strike's a five-year-old. Proven feature race winner at Albion Park, like Auntie Bella, and she's got earnings just shy of $170,000 with 13 wins. So they're good money spinners. Unbelievable, eh? Jeez. That's why I'm lucky. I've got three horses in my stable that are doing a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't, so you don't Auntie... usually have, have those. Yeah, too right. And with Auntie Bella being a four year old, is she eligible for uh, Breeders' Challenge or anything like that coming up down in Sydney? Uh, no, Big Breed. Big breed. Big breed, yeah. Yeah. So she is. And you'll give oh. her an opportunity there? Yeah, I reckon um, I reckon I'll probably give her knees up after this week and then uh, get her ready to take the end of town there because I've got to take a few down there anyway. When I go home, I've got to take some t- young ones down there. I've got a nice um, two-year-old that's got to go down there. Um, um, our Sunset Delight. So he'll go down there and he's had a couple of trials and one of them pretty impressive so far, you know what I mean? But his trials are different to racing, but yeah. All right. So Arnie Bella eventually heads to Victoria for a shot at the Vic Bread. Can she win again on Saturday night? Why she work this week? Yes. Is it for them? You normally stick with them, right? Yep. Yep. Exactly right. I know Blake always told me once you get a mare right, they're e- they're easy to train because they they can just handle it. So okay. A good mare. And what about to train? And what about Gendon Strike? Uh, is is she likely to be the main danger to Arnie Bella on Saturday night? I really haven't had a good look at him, but I would have thought that too. But I haven't had a good look at him. I know there's eight eight other horses in it, so they're all pretty main dangers. But um, I actually hadn't had a good look at him because I just had a look to see where they drew. As they knew, as they drew, they didn't draw that good. But anyway, that's normal. But that's all right. But yeah, at least during the race, at least it's a race for him to stand up. I suppose that's what I look at it. But yeah. Um, but she, no, I, I thought I thought that the way they were all going anyway. Mm. I thought that the way they were all going. All right. 
With that market for North America being so strong, in particular for fillies and mares, have you attracted any sort of offers for either mare? No, 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 I haven't, no, no. Are you surprised um, by that? Uh, oh, well, she's supposed... Arnibella's always only just been sort of poking along there, just under the under the radar a bit, hasn't she? You know what I mean? Um, mm. I agree, even though she's won two or three listed races, she's always just been underneath the thing. And look, run second is some hell of good horses too, and good racing. Um, yeah, I suppose so, yeah. I suppose so. But, yeah, well, full, the right money come along. Full starts ago, she won... Four starts ago, she won the triad, uh, and she was so good winning that night. She was dominant and she was strong all the way through the line. So, yep. what, was that the main mission of her during this campaign? Yeah, really, it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Come up here and try and take that on a bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it was. Okay. But yeah, but it would have been nice. I nominated a couple of times in them um, mares races just to see where she was up to. You know what I mean? Whether she's good enough. Like, don't get wrong. She didn't get running that, so I nominated the four-year-old horse. Yeah, gets older horses. Yeah, four-year-old horses, and now she beat two or three home. I thought she went real good. You know what I mean? But yeah, mm. but that's life. Well, the other mares they start in race one. In race three, you've got Aphorism, and he was back in the winners' circle last week. He was facing a giant class drop, and uh, he justified favoritism. He ran out a convincing winner, so. It was a massive uh, change for him taking on those, uh, you know, true open class horses that just run unbelievable time. And, uh, yep. you know, that class drop for him was just ideal. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's probably, that's what he is, probably, you know, just that next one under. Just yeah, what you used to call years ago, the old free for all, instead of having to go to the, you know, the metropolitan ones. But, you know, we don't have those no more because we sell them to America. We all do it. So can't blame anyone. But only because the money's not there or the free for all's not there. Yeah. But there's no reason why he can't win again on the weekend. No, no, on his win last week. His win last week was real good, so it was. And then he's worked unbelievable again this week too, so hopefully he can, hopefully he can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. so. Well, it's pretty much the same opposition, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Just a bad draw again. But, um, but I suppose his prize money, I suppose, put him there, or his ratings or whatever, so yeah, yeah. But anyway, mm -hmm. he's, go, he's going. He's going good. Doesn't so matter on Saturday you, night, doesn't matter. Sorry. Yep. I was going to say on Saturday night. Could this be your your final night at Albion Park? Uh, could be another couple. Could be. Okay. It all depends. Buddy Anti threw a spinner in the works. His wife's having a baby in the next couple of weeks, so I might have to go home for that. <laughs> so how <laughs> many are in work back home? Uh, there's only about eight there at the moment. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you'd yep. be uh, bursting at the seams with horses down there at home. Nah, nah, nah. I, mate, I don't train for other people, really. People ask mm -hmm. me, but I don't like the pressure. So I don't. It's a job training. It's a job training for other people. People don't realise the pressure you've got. You've got to, you know, make excuse for the driver, make excuse for the horse, and, yeah... Look at that, but anyway, that's life. All right. So those eight horses back home, are they basically all young ones? Uh, pretty well, yeah. I think the oldest would be four-year-old. The rest are only two- and three-year-olds. Okay. So I really haven't and got many old horses to, old horses to bring up. And our the pick of them? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. There is a couple of nice ones there, like horses like Uncle Mickey and that, but um, 
he's got to come back again too. But yeah, but on Sunset Delight would be the pick of them all. The horses I've got there at the moment, I reckon. All my youngins. All right. And he's big oh, bread yeah. eligible. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He'll probably get out of the British Crown too. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, there's a bit to look forward to. So you've got the team up here going really well. And you've got a little bit to look forward to when you go home, in particular with our Sunset Delight. Yep. 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 For sure. Beautiful. For sure. Beautiful. You'd know the highway from the, the Tweed to Albion pretty well by now, then, wouldn't you? Yeah, pretty well, yes. Yes, and it can change, it can change a bloody lot easy too. One minute could take it's you an hour and 15, the next minute it take you two and a half hours to get there. Well, there's a bit of roadworks down that way, isn't there, down the Gold Coast yeah. way? Yeah, Saturday's real good. You can nearly get up there an hour and 15, but, you know, Tuesdays or whatever early in the, in the week, you don't, don't know what time it's going to take you. Sometimes I've be, been up there before the norms open, got out. <laughs> All right. And our Uncle Sam, have you found a nice paddock for him back home? Uh, yeah, the poor bastard. He's, um, he's, my wife's got him now, the show horses. So he gets 14 okay. rugs put on him and, you know, gets looked after all the time. And um, her, Him and her are getting on that good at the moment and she's pretty easy with the horses because he's a real mischievous bastard. So <laughs> he's always break, breaking something or wrecking something. So, yeah. Is the anyway. grey horse still going around to the show circuit? No, he passed away. Got um, tetanus, oh, poor Yeah, got tetanus about two or three years ago. She's got that horse of um, um, Brad Hill, Hewitt's now. That remember that nice one of Brad's? Um, Spare me days. Oh, okay. He's a real good sort. Real good sort. And you wouldn't find it quite a stallion. So he's a lovely stallion. So he is. So she heads to the shows with Spare me days and our Uncle Sam. Yep, she's gone today to some championship up at Brisbane there somewhere. So she does. That's why we're up here a bit longer, actually, for them. Yeah. All right, good stuff, good stuff. Gives her, Chris su- has gives her something with- to do. Yeah, too right. Keeps her out of mischief herself. Yeah, keeps her out of the pub, even though she don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> really appreciate the time, Chris. We'll see you trackside on Saturday night. No worries. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much. There's Chris Frisby joining us, the one and only Chris Frisby. So yeah. he's still here for another couple of weeks, but he's got those three runners, and that's all he's got here right now, all competing on Saturday night. The two mares going up against one another, Artie Bella and Gendon Strike and Aphorism. He's chasing another victory after scoring last week. Our next guest, he knows Chris Frisby really well, really well. Craig Pretty Turnbull's about to join us online now, and he's with us. Craig, good morning. G'day, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. He can tell a story, Chris Frisby, can't he? Yeah, when I got linked up there, I thought, oh, geez, I know that voice, the one and only. So, yeah. yeah. I had to ask him if he's ever going to go home. It just seems like he's here all the time, and he's been here since, I think, late March or early April, he said. So it's been a fair fair campaign for him up here. Yeah, he's, you guys must really look after him because he never seems to be home. So, no. Nah. He might be getting a little soft. He uh, can't handle the, uh, the Bathurst winters anymore. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now, I wanted to talk to you about two three-year-olds that you've got under your care. And I'm sure the Victoria Derby, which is fast approaching, is high on the radar for both. Let's talk about Haranya, who's the Tassie Derby winner this season. He's unbeaten since being under your care. How do you rate this guy? Yeah, I love him. Uh, I think he's a really, really nice horse. Um We've, um, the five starts we've given him, the first start he was in the death and was stalking and he raced pretty good. And um, 
every other start he's led, and he's not much of a leader, but uh, he only does what he has to. But, um, no, I really like him. He's very strong. He's very tough. And he is actually quite quick, too. With, um, oh, no, he, he's first up back at Wagger. He come from back. And, yeah, dashed home pretty good. So, But, no, I, I think he's the ideal derby horse. And I think the longer distance will suit him even better. Okay. So he's had the five starts. He was a first-up winner at Shepparton. Then he went to Tassie for the derby. He's won his last three at Wagga. That last start there at Wagga, that was a new PB time for him as well, wasn't it? Yeah, and he um, he was probably wasn't really impressive as he was pretty impressive to start before. But the other day it was raining and was blowing and gale, and he sort of half run off the track coming into the straight, mucking around. So, but it was it was pretty tough even standing in the grandstand. You're sort of getting blown around. So, but then uh, maybe a little bit disappointed the way he raced, but he still got home in 27s, low 27s. So I might have been a bit hoarse. How many more starts do you plan on giving him before the uh, the heats? Um, he'll he'll either go to Wagga next Friday or have a trial. I, I might see the Shepparton Club to see if I can work him on the main track, sort of probably on the Sunday or Monday. Um, but probably probably sixty forty. Probably go to Wagga next week and then go into heats the following week. Okay. So how far Wagga from from your place? Uh, it's three hours. Um, it's pretty good. We go out in the back blocks, but um, it's a really good run. And um, I think we're racing for $3,000 more prize money sort of thing. So it's worthwhile. And um, Mick Boots comes from there and he's our main man. And, um, yeah, try and keep him happy. So, yeah, so that's, we, it's a great track. And, yeah, we love racing there. Okay, well, I just wanted to ask about the facilities there at Wagga because it is fairly new, the track itself and then the surrounding facilities. So it, it, it's quality what they've set up there? Absolutely, A1, yep. No, it's it's a great track and great facilities inside. And the, yeah, no, I, I love it. Yeah, they can run time. They've gone sub-50 there already, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, especially um, I think from now on you'll see they'll start in them warmer days. It gets pretty humid and the tracks, yeah, it's pretty quick. So, yeah, from now on I reckon, yeah, you'll start seeing a lot of quick times from there. Okay. And Abby's going to be driving her run your right throughout the Derby Series? Yep, yep. Yeah, no, yeah. she's she's um, <laughs> pretty happy with him, so she'd be pretty tough to get her off. So, no, she's... More than happy it's it's exciting for Abby, though, isn't it, to, to be driving in a derby series, like a Victoria derby series. That, that's that's high-pressure sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But he's the ideal horse with the ideal owner. Mick puts no pressure whatsoever. The horse comes first, and he loves Abby um, driving him, and so there's no pressure. And, um, yeah, and he's the sort of horse, he's not a one-trick pony. He can do work or he can sit back. So... And, makes your job a lot easier when they're a bit like that. So, nah, she's she's loving it. Okay. Are you happy with the progression she's making as a driver? Absolutely. The last 12, 18 months, she's, when she first started off, she was a bit too nice to be a driver. And, um, um, but yeah, as she sort of progressed along, she sort of toughened up a bit. And, um, yeah, now she's, she, oh, I'm, I'm just stoked. She hasn't been, dri- she used to drive sort of all over the place, driving one or two, but now she sort of mainly just drives ours and 
it seems to suit her a lot better. I reckon I reckon she drives ours a hell of a lot better. Um and yeah, she's she comes from a horse riding background, so she's got good hands and the way we're going with the whips and things like that, that's a big help nowadays. So and but she can be as aggressive as what you can be with the whips. So nah, very happy with her. Okay, so she's got that Turnbull streak and that will to win, and uh, she's out there to uh, to do her best every time. She has now. It took a while to come, but that uh, she's she's pretty <laughs> mean now, so it's all good. Uh, good stuff, good stuff. The other three-year-old that you've got aiming towards the Victoria Derby is a horse that we know well up here. You're now the trainer of Danger Zone. Yeah, yeah. No, a few weeks just after his last start, Jack uh, rang a couple of days later and asked if we'd be. Interesting taking him for the do. He said he was going well, but not having much luck. And he thought, um, yeah, he was worth a crack. So, yeah, no, he came more or less straight down after his last run. And it, he was supposed to go to Wagga last week. Um, we gave him a couple of weeks to settle in because Jack sort of got the heavy sand and I've sort of a bit lighter sand and mainly hobble and with a little bit of cantering. So he wanted to get him down here early to get used to sort of the way we do it down here and um yeah now nah, he settled in he had a hobble last week and i was happy enough with him and uh he had a hobble this week with the same horse um a little golf and pacemaking hooked out and he he put about two or three lengths on it and about 10 meters so we were absolutely stoked with him he's really come on and yeah settled in good so we're really looking forward to him all right when he first stepped off the truck what was your initial thought when you laid eyes on him He's a big boy. <laughs> he's a big boy. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, nah, he, he actually, nah, he's a big softy. He settled in really good. And um, he's done a bit of look. We're right next to a highway sort of thing. So there's a bit to, bit to look at for a few days. But, it, nah, he's settled in really good. And he's, um, I'm just watching him now. He's out in the paddock here. Just, yeah, just cruising. He's, he's real happy. So. so when you compare him and Harania, is there a, Big difference just to the eye is there, you know, like I know Danger Zone, he's a big guy. Harania, what does he look like? Yeah, Harania's more and more chunky little fella. So, yeah, completely different. Um, but, yeah, they, they work similar, sort of. Jack's horse sort of just, yeah, he, he pokes along, but it, um, yeah, when it's serious, it's game on sort of thing. Whereas the other fella's probably not more as game on at home, but, um, at the races and that, um, yeah, he switches right on too, so. Is he close to a start? Uh, he's racing tomorrow night at uh, Shep. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he, he's in, we're, we're having trouble with his handicap, just trying to find the right race. And, um, yeah, there's a race for him at Shep tomorrow night. He drew eight. I think there's only eight in it. There's a couple of, couple of handy ones in it, but we're really looking forward to getting into the track, so. So how many starts do you want to give him before those uh, derby heats? Probably be assessed by tomorrow night, um, and we'll go from there. We've got the opportunity to go to Wagga next week if we think we need it, or similar to him, he might go in a trial in town before he goes in. So, yeah, just sort of see how we go tomorrow night, but I'm, I'm hoping, I'm pretty sure he'll, he's pretty well on song, so, yeah. So we'll go from there, but not very happy. Exciting stuff. Two-pronged attack for the upcoming Victoria Derby with the Tassie Derby winner, Karanya.
And now you've got the Queenslander danger zone in the stable. Craig, really appreciate the time. Best of luck over the next couple of weeks. And uh, he's hoping everything goes to plan. No worries. Thanks so much, Chris. Here's Craig Pretty Turnbull joining us. So uh, we'll be watching Danger Zone tomorrow night. That's race eight, number eight. And he goes up against another Victoria Derby hopeful in Simply Sam. So all eyes on Danger Zone as he gears up towards the Victoria Derby. So Queensland's going to have good interest down there. Leap to Fame, as we know, is headed that way. Tim the Trooper's headed that way. Danger Zone down there now. So uh, a lot to look forward to from a Queensland aspect yeah. uh, with the Victoria Derby. It's going to be a ripper series, Steve, because... We've got Captain Ravishing, we've got Catch a Wave. He was back at the trials after a little bit of a mishap last Saturday night. He was close to OD after causing a false start. So he went back to the trials just to prove that, you know, he was no real nuisance out there. So I think he's got one more either race or trial that he's got to pass before he can be put back in the draw. So it's all important because barrier draws are so vital with these big races. Mm. Has he got many races coming off speed? Chris, Catch a Wave? Danger Zone. I catch a wave. I catch a wave. Um, I think the bulk of his victories is either been in front mm. or outside the leader. Yeah. yeah. Chris, well, this is huge. No, no Yeah. This is huge, obviously, this news from WA. And we'll elaborate a bit more tomorrow morning, obviously, with the three codes all being involved. Now, from what I understand, and Matty Young will tell us more, but April of next year, a million-dollar harness race called the Nullarbor slot race over the distance of 2,500 with 10 slots. And uh, Matthew Young is with us now. Matty Young. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, boys. The Nullarbor. What do we know the about The Nullarbor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. This is uh, great to see that um, we've been able to uh, get a slot race here in WA, a million-dollar feature race. It's uh, going to be pretty special and uh, $77,000 to buy a slot in the race. So, uh, yeah, it's... it's going to be absolutely outstanding. I'm not sure about how the uh, prize money is divvied up, but uh, it creates a lot of interest. There's a lot of talking about it uh, this morning here, as well as uh, the other two features, the Sand Groper and the Quokka, the $4 million race for the Thoroughbreds and the $500,000 Greyhound race at Cannington, and all happening in the uh, space of two days, so 48 hours of uh, huge prize money to go off here mm. in the uh, Western Australia next April. Yeah, it's called the Western Trilogy, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, the name escaped me, so I'm glad that you mentioned yeah. it. No worries. Chicago Bull coming out of retirement for this? No, I doubt <laughs> it. Highly doubt it. <laughs> I think they've got a they've got a few nice ones coming through, like the Black Flash, but he'll probably still be too young for that. But uh, yeah, Halls have got a couple of nice horses that they'll be able to front up to that race, or if they can get chosen, that's the big thing. So. That's where it creates a lot of interest and uh, like $77,000, it's a bit of money, but if you're talking about a million-dollar race and say that uh, the top prize money is uh, $650,000, $700,000, all of a sudden uh, you syndicate that out and 10%, you could walk away with $60,000, $70,000. Well, a couple of questions I've got uh, just regarding this series. Um, Will those slots sell quickly, Matt? Will, will there be a, a rush to, to buy a slot? Uh, what type of race is it for? What class of horse? And why April? I imagine it's for free-for-all company and it's just the best horses. It's almost like an invitation, so similar to what the Miracle Mile used to be. So 
I imagine mm. that's how it's going to be looked at, uh, a bit like the Eureka, and well, very similar to the Eureka. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I imagine, and uh, I could I could see speaking to a couple of people. I think there's going to be. Oh, I think speaking this morning, there could be at least three that I know would be sold already. So that would only leave seven left. And if I only know of three, then I would imagine there's a few other people that would be very interested in getting their hands on a slot. Mm. Chris, what's around that time in regards to, you know, the Eastern States and harness features around that time of year? Uh, well, the Miracle Mile is in early March. Uh, so well, that would work out well, wouldn't it? Good yeah, yeah. I think for harness racing, it'll work out well. But I'm just interested to see why April, with you know all three codes involved having their own in uh, slot race, why April? But I think it'll work out well for harness racing because the Miracle Mile Carnival will be finished by then, and then I think the attention turns to Auckland for for their carnival over there. So it fits in nicely for this code. Yeah, I would imagine they've uh, sat down and picked out the best time for all three codes uh, to be able to run those races. But, I mean, with the Greyhounds, they're probably going to compete with the Golden Easter Egg. And uh, the Gallops, I think they're pretty clear around about that time, not knowing them that closely. But uh, I think, as you said, it, it looks to be pretty clear for the trots. It'll be on the back end of the Summer Carnival. Um, so it'll just be really interesting to see to see how everything goes. And, I mean, if I was a slot holder, I'd be trying to get hold of uh, Shockwave because that'll be about the time that he's getting ready to return to racing. So I'd love to have shares in Shockwave going into this mm. race. What about Leap to Fame, Chris? What are the chances? It's 2,500. We know he just sticks like glue. Um, what if Grant Dixon would consider this? I know it's a long trip. Yeah, well, I, I think all horses need to be under consideration because, as Matt said, it's a million dollars. So um, if you've got a horse with obvious ability... You, you've got to be paying close attention to all these races. Obviously, the Eureka is going to be a major target for him next year, but that's not until September. Uh, he'll have the Rising Sun that he uh, contested this year. That comes up in July. So he's got ample opportunity, if he wants, to, to go over there, give this race a crack, and then get ready for, for the other features. So what would you pick, Chris, right, right now, if you had a slot? Um, well, the Eureka is the main one because it's worth so much money. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely consider Perth for sure. I think you have to. Your hand's forced. So you're Shockwave, so Matt? Uh, well, I'd say Shockwave at the moment um, just because I know that how good he is. Um, I'd be I'd be more than happy to have him. He gets Gloucester Park beautifully and uh, he gets the trip. Maybe I can see if they can start working Quinny up and we can get him out of retirement. Mm. Just Shockwave, Matt, just with Shockwave, wasn't there news coming through that he sustained a knee injury? So how, how severe is that knee injury? No, the, the injury, <clears throat> excuse me, he's um, he's always had issues with his knees. I spoke to Ryan Bell on Tuesday and Belly said that he's had issues with his knees his whole career. And um, they just had the opportunity to be able to uh, treat and fix one of the issues that were in his knees. So they've given them a complete clean out and uh, his tendon was very strong and very good. They're very happy with how that is. And his knees, it was just a, pretty much a routine surgery um, to take out a spur and just a bit of a clean out. And he he should be sound as a bell and ready to come back. So I have heard a few stories that 
he might not be able to make it back to the track, but uh, a lot of horses come back from this pretty comfortably. And uh, if he's had issues before and this fixes them, then uh, he will come back and it'd be frightening to see how good he could be. Mm. Matt, so there's no restriction. I mean, we announced a slot race in Queensland recently, another one up on the Darling Downs in Queensland at Toowoomba New Year's Eve. It's restricted to Queensland train, bred, even just Queensland riders have got to be uh, competing in the race. So there's no, no, nothing in the fine print there. It's certainly open to all horses from around the globe, around Australia or internationally. Yeah, pretty... I'm pretty sure it's uh, open to absolutely everyone because uh, uh, reading the page this morning, it was saying that uh, it's called the Nullarbor because it's connecting the east to the west and um, then that's what they want, pretty much. They want a race where we're seeing the best horses uh, coming across to WA to be able to compete in this race and create the interest in harness racing that uh, is needed here in the west. And uh, I think... That's why they've called it the Nullarbor, and that's what we're hoping to see uh, the Eastern States horses be invited, of course, with the slot and the prize money and everything. You've got to be able to talk to uh, the connections of the horse and try and work out a percentage and get everything uh, worked out. That's that's the other negotiation process that's got to be worked on. But, yeah, I think um, it's open to everyone. I haven't heard that it's not. So being over 2,500 at Gloucester Park, I would imagine that it would be just a uh, million-dollar pacing cup or a million-dollar into Dominion, uh, essentially. Mm. And you guys have been starved of that Eastern State flavour in the last couple of years. Pretty much since the Inter-Dominions left Gloucester Park, there hasn't been a great deal of representation from the East Coast. We've had COVID, so that's uh, derailed most plans for anyone trying to get from the East Coast to Perth, but uh, this is a perfect opportunity to get the, the East Coast horses back over there in the West. Yeah, exactly right. We we it has COVID has really uh, hurt us here in the West getting horses in like, uh, the last main uh, free for all uh, or Grand Circuit horse that we saw come over here would have been my field marshal in 2019, and uh, then COVID hit in 2020, and we just haven't been able to see that calibre of horse be able to come back across here. But uh, with, I mean, it might it might uh, get someone interested in sending a horse over for the pacing cup, the summer carnival, and have a freshen up, and then that could be part of the slot deal, where they get the horse over here and um, be looked after, and then the trainers can come over and get the horse ready for uh, the nullable. So there's there's plenty of endless possibilities mm. of what's going to happen, but uh, it is just really exciting news. Yeah, I was thinking about that with Tony Gollan, because he's really serious about taking, you know, a couple of horses over there, like the Winterbottom Zoo style, I think was mentioned, if the horse runs well at the Valley uh, on, on Friday night. Um, so I wonder if that horse could stay on, you know, if he's successful in a race or highly competitive in the Winterbottom, for example. As you said, there's lots of things to play out here. Exactly right. All right, we've got another great program tomorrow night at Gloucester Park. Ten races, Westbred features again, Group 1 features for the two-year-old Colts and Geldings and the two-year-old Phillies. Uh, how do these races shape up tomorrow night, Matt? Yeah, well, Zephyr has been improving really well in the Phillies grades. Uh, she is, of course, out of uh, multiple feature race and Group 1 winner, uh, Tricky Sticks, and she's just a progressive filly and she's looking wonderful and she's uh, been able to string a few races together in really good time. The Phillies' ranks aren't that strong this year, and she's starting to emerge as the dominant filly in the state. So I think Zephyr will be pretty hard to beat in the fifth of race, and never-ending, well, the barrier draw just signed, sealed, and delivered that he should win the race. So race six, number one, never-ending, should be winning. He's very smart, and he's got the draw, and 
big prize money on offer. These were uh, these were named about 18 months ago that uh, the uh, two-year-olds were going to be racing for $215,000, and uh, this is the first running of these uh, increased at prize money Westbred Classics for the two-year-olds, and uh, really looking forward to it, and some very excited owners and participants uh, heading into this race on Friday night. Yeah, I bet you there is that sort of money up for grabs. So, never-ending the uh, the clear favourite for the Colts and Gelding Zephyr, the favourite for the uh, the Phillies feature. Where do we find your best bet tomorrow night? I've got two because uh, with the time difference, uh, I think uh, it's going to hurt you in the last. But race two, number two, what a bro! This horse has been held up, been racing really well lately. Uh, the one horse hasn't got the best gate speed and he's got the speed, I think, to get across and hold the rest of them. Out in front, I'm expecting Waterbro to be able to win. So race two, number two. And race 10, number two, uh, better start dreaming if uh, punters wish to stay up and watch that one. Uh, better start dreaming. He's three runs back. have all been solid enough. He's a dead set front runner. I think he'll find the top here over 2,100 metres. This is a very suitable race for him and I think he'll win. So race 10, number two and race two, number two. Okay, pair of twos there, two two, ten two. That's for tomorrow night. And just quickly, no uh, no issues with Wonderful to Fly coming out of her Route One feature last week. Onwards and upwards for her. Yeah, she'll head to the Danny's Daughter Classic over here in the West, which is open to uh, all fillies. It's not just uh, Westbred only. So she'll probably run into I'm the Mighty Lucy in the spotlight, and uh, the likes uh, Little Darling, no doubt, will probably head to that race as well. So. That's her next move, and then uh, she might race at Gloucester Park uh, the week before the WA Oaks. So she might have uh, two runs heading into the Oaks, and the Oaks is the middle of October. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. She is an absolute star. Wonderful to fly. Successful again last week. Ten in a row now. Yeah, yeah. She's um, really, really striking up an amazing uh, win streak. So... Yeah, very exciting times. Uh, Shane had to do it from a tricky barrier on Friday night and he was elated and, uh, yeah, he's got a few more races to tick off and then potentially a uh, a tour around Australia next year. So there'll be plenty happening uh, with her next season. But, yeah, it's going to be a really, really entertaining last uh, few months of the year with uh, some of the big races. She's going to line up the Oaks for Derby and uh, maybe even a, a little bit of a tilt at the Mayor's Classic if she's going good enough. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, potentially three more Group 1s for her to race in.